Chapter Six of *The Man of the Desert* by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Like Many Waters. Chapter Six, Camp. It came indeed before he was quite ready for it, but he managed to throw the canvas over the horse and lady, bidding her hold it on one side while he, standing close under the extemporized tent, held the other leaving an opening in front for air and so they managed to keep tolerably dry while two storms met overhead and poured down a torrent upon them the girl laughed out merrily as the first great splashes struck her face then retreated into the shelter as she was bidden and sat quietly watching and wondering over it all here was she a carefully nurtured daughter of society until now never daring to step one inch beyond the line of conventionality sitting afar from all her friends and kindred on a wide desert plain under a bit of canvas with a strange missionary's arm about her and sitting as securely and contentedly nay happily as if she had been in her own cushioned chair in her new york boudoir it is true the arm was about her for the purpose of holding down the canvas and keeping out the rain but there was a wonderful security and sense of strength in it that filled her with a strange new joy and made her wish that the elements of the universe might continue to rage in brilliant display about her head a little longer if thereby she might continue to feel the strength of that fine presence near her and about her a great weariness was upon her and this was rest and content so she put all other thoughts out of her mind for the time and rested back against the strong arm in full realization of her safety amidst the disturbance of the elements the missionary wore his upward look no word passed between them as the panorama of the storm swept by only god knew what was passing in his soul and how out of that dear nearness of the beautiful girl a great longing was born to have her always near him his right to ever protect her from the storms of life but he was a man of marked self-control he held even his thoughts in obedience to a higher power and while the wild wishes of his heart swept exquisitely over him he stood calmly and handed it back to heaven as though he knew it were a wandering wish a testing of his true self at the first instant of relief from necessity he took his arm away he did not presume a single second to hold the canvas after the wind had subsided and she liked him the better for it and felt her trust in him grow deeper as he gently shook the raindrops from their temporary shelter the rain had lasted but a few minutes and as the clouds cleared the earth grew lighter for a space gently melting into the silver and amethyst and emerald of the sky the rainbow faded and now they hurried on for brownlee wished to reach a certain spot where he hoped to find dry shelter for the night he saw that the excitement of travel and the storm had sorely spent the strength of the girl and that she needed a rest so he urged the horse forward and hurried along by his side but suddenly he halted the horse and looked keenly into the face of his companion in the dying light you are very tired he said you can hardly sit up any longer she smiled faintly her whole body was drooping with weariness and a strange sick faintness had come upon her we must stop here he said and cast about him for a suitable spot well this will do here is a dry place the shelter of that big rock the rain was from the other direction and the ground around here did not even get sprinkled that group of trees will do for a private room for you 
we'll soon have a fire and some supper and then you'll feel better with that he stripped off his coat and spreading it upon the ground in the dry shelter of a great rock lifted the drooping girl from the saddle and laid her gently on the coat she closed her eyes wearily and sank back in truth she was nearer to fainting than she had ever been in her life and the young man hastened to administer a restorative which brought the color back to her pale cheeks it is nothing she murmured opening her eyes and trying to smile i was just tired and my back ached with so much riding don't talk he said gently i'll give you something to hearten you up in a minute he quickly gathered sticks and soon had a blazing fire not far from where she lay and the glow of it played over her face and her golden hair while he prepared a second cup of beef extract and blessed the fortune that had made him fill his canteen with water at the spring in the canyon for water might not be very near and he felt that to have to move the girl further along that night would be a disaster he could see that she was about used up but while he was making preparations for supper billy who was hobbled but entirely able to edge about slowly had discovered a water-hole for himself and settled that difficulty brownlee drew a sigh of relief and smiled happily as he saw his patient revive under the influence of the hot drink and a few minutes rest i'm quite able to go on a little further she said sitting up with an effort if you think we should go further to-night i really don't feel bad at all any more he smiled with relief i'm so glad he said i was afraid i had made you travel too far no we'll not go further until daylight i think this is as good a place to camp as any and water not far away you will find your boudoir just inside that group of trees and in half an hour or so the canvas will be quite dry for your bed i've got it spread out you see close to the fire on the other side there and it wasn't wet through the blanket was sheltered it will be warm and dry i think we can make you comfortable have you ever slept out under the stars before that is of course with the exception of last night i don't suppose you really enjoyed that experience hazel shuddered at the thought i don't remember much only awful darkness and howling will those creatures come this way do you think i feel as if i should die with fright if i have to hear them again you may hear them in the distance but not near by he answered reassuringly they do not like the fire they will not come near nor disturb you besides i shall be close at hand all night i am used to listening and waking in the night i shall keep a bright fire blazing but you you what will you do you are planning to give me the canvas and the blanket and stay awake yourself keeping watch you have walked all day while i have ridden and you have been nurse and cook as well while i have been good for nothing and now you want me to rest comfortably all night while you sit up there was a ring in the young man's voice as he answered her that thrilled her to the heart i shall be all right he said and his voice was positively joyous and i shall have the greatest night of my life taking care of you i count it a privilege many a night have i slept alone under the stars with no one to guard and felt the loneliness now i shall always have this to remember besides i shall not sit up i am used to throwing myself down anywhere my clothing is warm and my saddle is used to acting as a pillow i shall sleep and rest and yet be always on the alert to keep up the fire and hear any sound that comes near he talked as though he were recounting the plan of some delightful recreation 
and the girl lay and watched his handsome face in the play of the firelight and rejoiced in it somehow there was something very sweet in companionship alone in the vast silence with this stranger friend she found herself glad of the wideness of the desert and the stillness of the night that shut out the world and made their most unusual relationship possible for a little while a great longing possessed her to know more and understand better the fine personality of this man who was a man among men she was convinced suddenly as he came and sat down by the fire not far from her after attending to the few supper dishes she burst forth with a question why did you do it he turned to her eyes that were filled with a deep content and asked do what come here be a missionary why did you do it you are fitted for better things you could fill a large city church or even do other things in the world why did you do it the firelight flickered on his face and showed his features fine and strong in an expression of deep feeling that gave it an exalted look there seemed a light in his eyes that was more than firelight as he raised them upward in a swift glance and said quietly as though it were the simplest matter in the universe because my father called me to this work and i doubt if there can be any better listen and then he told her of his work while the fire burned cheerfully and the dusk grew deeper till the moon showed clear her silver orb riding high in the starry heavens the mournful voice of the coyotes echoed distantly but the girl was not frightened for her thoughts were held by the story of the strange childlike race for whom this man among men was giving his life he told her of the indian hogans little round huts built of logs on end and slanting to a common centre thatched with turf and straw an opening for a door and another in the top to let out the smoke of the fire a dirt floor no furniture but a few blankets sheepskins and some tin dishes he carried her in imagination to one such hogan where lay the little dying indian maiden and made the picture of their barren lives so vivid that tears stood in her eyes as she listened he told of the medicine men the ignorance and superstition the snake dances and heathen rites the wild poetic conservative man of the desert with his distrust his great loving heart his broken hopes and blind aspirations until hazel began to see that he really loved them that he had seen the possibility of greatness in them and longed to help develop it he told her of the sabbath just past when in company with his distant neighbor missionary he had gone on an evangelistic tour among the tribes far away from the mission station he pictured the indians sitting on rocks and stones amid the long shadows of the cedar trees just before the sundown listening to a sermon he had reminded them of their indian god Bogochidi, and of nilchi whom the indians believed to have made all things the same whom white men called god and showed them a book called the bible which told the story of god and of jesus his son who came to save men from their sin not one of the indians had ever heard the name of jesus before nor knew anything of the great story of salvation hazel found herself wondering why it made so very much difference whether these poor ignorant creatures knew all this or not and yet she saw from the face of the man before her that it did matter infinitely to him it mattered more than anything else a passing wish that she were an indian to thus hold his interest flashed through her mind but he was speaking yet of his work and his rapt look filled her with awe she was overwhelmed with the greatness and the fineness of the man before her 
sitting here in the fitful firelight with its ruddy glow upon his face his hat off and the moon laying a silver crown upon his head he seemed half angel half god she had never before been so filled with the joy of beholding another soul she had no room for thoughts of anything else then suddenly he remembered that it was late i have kept you awake far too long he said penitently looking at her with a smile that seemed all tenderness we ought to get on our way as soon as it is light and i have made you listen to me when you ought to have been sleeping but i always like to have a word with my father before retiring shall we have our worship together hazel overcome by wonder and embarrassment assented and lay still in her sheltered spot watching him as he drew a small leather book from his breast pocket and opened to a place marked by a tiny silken cord then stirring up the fire to brightness he began to read and the majestic words of the ninety-first psalm came to her unaccustomed ears as a charmed page he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust the words were uttered with a ringing tone of trust the listener knew little of birds and their ways but the phrasing reminded her of the way she had been sheltered from the storm a little while before and her heart thrilled anew with the thought of it thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night ah terror by night she knew what that meant that awful night of darkness steep riding howling beasts and black oblivion she shuddered involuntarily at the remembrance not afraid what confidence the voice had as it rang on and all at once she knew that this night was free from terror for her because of the man whose confidence was in the unseen he shall give his angels charge over thee and looking at him she half expected to see flitting wings in the moonlit background how strong and true the face how tender the lines about the mouth what a glow of inner quietness and power in the eyes as he raised them now and again to her face across the firelight what a thing it would be to have a friend like that always to guard one her eyes glowed softly at the thought and once again there flashed across her mind the contrast between this man and the one from whom she had fled in horror the day before the reading ended he replaced the little marker and dropping upon one knee on the desert with his face lifted to the sky and all the radiance of the moon flooding over him he spoke to god as a man speaks with his friend face to face hazel lay with open wondering eyes and watched him awe growing within her the sense of an unseen presence close at hand was so strong that once she lifted half-frightened eyes to the wide clear sky the light on the face of the missionary seemed like glory from another world she felt herself enfolded and upborne into the presence of the infinite by his words and he did not forget to commend her loved ones to the care of the almighty a great peace came upon her as she listened to the simple earnest words and a sense of security such as she had never known before after the brief prayer he turned to her with a smile and a few words of assurance about the night there was her dressing-room behind those trees and she need not be afraid he would not be far away he would keep the fire bright all night so that she would not be annoyed by the near howling of the coyotes then he moved away to gather more wood and she heard him singing softly at first and then gathering volume as he got further away his rich tenor voice ringing clear upon the night in an old hymn 
the words floated back distinctly to her listening ears my god is any hour so sweet from flush of dawn to evening star as that which calls me to thy feet the hour of prayer then is my strength by thee renewed then are my sins by thee forgiven then dost thou cheer my solitude with hopes of heaven no words can tell what sweet relief therefore my every want i find what strength for warfare balm for grief what peace of mind she lay down for the night marvelling still over the man he was singing those words as if he meant every one and she knew that he possessed something that made him different from other men what was it it seemed to her that he was the one man of all the earth and how was it that she had found him away out here alone in the desert the great stars burned sharply in the heavens over her the white radiance of the moon lay all about her the firelight played at her feet far away she could hear the howling of the coyotes but she was not afraid she could see the broad shoulders of the man as he stooped over on the other side of the fire to throw on more wood presently she knew he had thrown himself down with his head on the saddle but she could hear him still humming softly something that sounded like a lullaby when the firelight flared up it showed his fine profile not far away she could hear billy cropping the grass and throughout the vast open universe there seemed to brood a great and peaceful silence she was very tired and her eyelids drooped shut the last thing she remembered was a line he had read from the little book he shall give his angels charge and she wondered if they were somewhere about now that was all until she awoke suddenly with the consciousness that she was alone and that in the near distance a conversation in a low tone was being carried on End of chapter six